people who are just starting out, they, they have this reliance on what they know about an object in order to paint it. So like we know that an eye is like an ellipse or something like that. And it forces them into this sort of mold and, and it ends up not being so, so accurate then. Like there's, there's a way that they could be more accurate and that's by forgetting that they know it's an eye and painting it as though like they're, they're an alien and that's the first time that they've ever seen an eye. You always get better results that way, I feel. Hi, Art Supply Posse. It's Kim. I'm pleased to be bringing you this episode with artist Andrew Kadima. I found Andrew whilst I was searching Instagram, as one does, looking for artists who work with oil paints. His art captivated me and I just knew I had to contact him immediately to see if I could get him uh, into the posse. So hi, Andrew. Welcome to the Art Supply Posse. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So <laughs> I'm going to start with a question that I always ask people, and this answer will probably change in 12 months' time, but I want to know right now, who is Andrew Kadima? Oh, God. Uh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's such a pressure-filled question. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you know, it's one of those questions that puts me in a situation where I feel like, right, you know, there's nothing I can say here. Where I don't come out looking like like a I don't know vain person or something. No, not at um, all. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, yeah. I'm just uh, an artist, a musician. Um, you, oh, you know what I usually like to say? I say first I'm an artist, second I'm a musician, and uh, you know, very, 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 very last I'm a I'm like a businessman. So I think uh, the in my life I, I really identify with like the process of making things. Um, yeah more so than anything else do you then what do you put let's say we're allowed to travel you know covid's being dealt with what would you put on your passport as your uh, you know on your your occupation yeah that's a tough one because for most of my <laughs> life i was uh you know known as like a musician who painted and mm-hmm. i think now like recently it's kind of flip-flop where i'm, I'm the painter who's also a musician um yep. so i don't know i would struggle with that i would i would have to think about that a little bit um, you know, I think like the, the temptation there is to kind of follow the money and I guess just, you know, no, no, whatever makes you the most money. And I think still it's probably music, um, just because teaching is, is kind of lucrative for me there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did that change then the change to thinking of yourself as an artist first and a musician second, is that? Is that a purposeful thing? Did you decide to do that, like decide to I'm going to focus more on my art and selling my art, that sort of thing? Did it come sort of through osmosis or is it because of COVID and it's just harder to be a musician maybe or to teach or? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. I I, um, I think, you know, it happened before that a little bit because, um, you know, it was really like, so when I was a little kid, I was like, avid doodler and I was drawing all the time. Um, and then I, you know, maybe through high school, I started painting a little bit. And then once I went off to music school and, you know, that was about like seven years of school, I literally stopped painting and I didn't paint at all during those years. Um, and then I think maybe three years out of school, just for whatever random reason, I just started painting again. 
And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I can't really, cause I get asked, you know, what, what was like the impetus for me starting? And I really can't pinpoint anything. I, I, it was just like this random moment where I decided, okay, let me, you know, I feel like this is something I can do. So let me just try it. And, and after that first day, I really never stopped and I was painting every day. Um, and then I think, you know, I, I really didn't think about the business side of it at all for like the longest time. I, I would say like the first three years of that, where I was like seriously painting every day, I didn't show it to like anybody besides like really close friends and family. So like nobody knew that I, <laughs> that I was doing it. Uh, and that was kind of a cool experience. You know, I was, I was like building up this kind of sort of technique and nobody knew. And then, you know, when I started sharing, it was like this thing like, oh, weird. You know, I never knew that, that you did this, but it seemed like I had been doing it a lot. Um, and even, even after that, I would say like, you know, I let, I let a lot of years go by without thinking about it at all. And I think the only thing that makes me think about, you know, pushing for sales or something like that, or exposure is, is, is getting exposure in the first place. Like once you start to get traction, it kind of motivates you a little bit to kind of try and push that a little bit further. Um, and that's only been in the last like year or so. Like I, I would say, yeah, like when COVID started and, uh, you know, I really had nothing to do and I was just sitting in my apartment. Um, yeah, I, I really kind of, that took a change in, in how much focus I put into my painting again. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that was a big part of me getting the exposure that I have online as well. Yeah. Did you have, were you lucky enough to have a reasonable stash of art supplies there ready to go? Or did you have to kind of find yourself making art more often and therefore you were like, oh, I don't have enough materials to keep up with this, so I'm going to jump online and, you know, add to the um, workload of, of the postal service. Like, how was that for you? Because I know some people were like, oh, my goodness, I've got the world's biggest collection of whatever medium that I've had here forever and I'm set for any pandemic. And then other people were yeah. like, oh, I've got nothing. I'm struggling. I need to find online. I need to go shopping. Yeah, that's funny. Like the, the day before we went into lockdown, I was like, oh, whoa, I need to go grab some stuff. And it was actually like, uh, it, it was really tricky because a lot of the stores had already closed. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I was really lucky to find uh, one of the art stores here that was doing curbside pickup still. So I just ordered like, <laughs> I don't know, like 50 panels or something like that and, and went to pick them up. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was funny. And then I did, I did do like a couple of orders in between there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the thing with, I suppose the good thing about being able to collect that curbside is panels, I don't know about you, certainly here in Australia, when you buy them online, they make your shipping so much more expensive. You tend to oh, okay. not have the free shipping option. You've got to, you know, because they tend to be, well, most of the time anyway, particularly if they're, you know, sort of larger than, you know, 8 by 10 or whatever. So right. at least you had that. You pick up from the curb. You didn't have to worry about that shipping charge. Like there's yeah, all all sorts of things we've got to navigate now. <laughs> I am such an impatient person too that I I hate if there's ever an option to go pick it up. I'd rather do that. <laughs> <laughs> so why specifically oil paint? Like has that always been what you played with, or have you used other painting mediums in the past? Because it is it is one of those mediums where I think. I certainly hear a lot of people say I would like to try it, but it intimidates me, whether it's the cost, whether it's using it. Like it does for a lot of people tend to have a, it's a thing that maybe one day they'll try, but they probably never do. And then yet I know there are other people that's all they use. They won't touch anything else. Like what? why oil paints for you? Well, for like now I would say 
you know, I just know it so well. It's like, I, I would think that if, if somebody asked me that, I would say it's the best, the best medium for, for my style, for, for me to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually maybe digital would, <laughs> could get even closer to what's, what I, what I would like, but it's just not, I don't know. Yep. It's not my, my thing. I've tried it and I'm horrible at it. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, there's something fun about like using, using the physical medium for me too. But uh, yes. yeah, so when I was, when I was a kid, like I said, I, I was mostly just drawing, and mm-hmm. uh, even that, you know, before that, I was actually really into clay and like modeling and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Uh, and my brother, my brother was actually the, the real sort of artist, the real drawer at that time, and I was just mostly copying him. Um, and then you know, I, I started working with some acrylic paints because my mom, she was like a. Uh, it's hard to call her an artist so much because she she wasn't like a really creative painter, but more like copying masterworks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, certainly she was more concerned with like subject matter than like the, the actual uh, stylistic feel of the painting or something like that. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, that was the influence that got me to start painting more. And then, you know, where oil paint came in, I really don't know. I think for me, it was more that I Ooh. thought, I was on the flip side of what you were saying where I thought, Oh, there's like some prestige in it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. You know, that's where I wanted to go. I guess like <laughs> I thought, Oh, you know, I might as well go to like the, the best thing if that's what I'm going to, if that's yeah. what I'm going to work at. You know, it's not like, not like I'm trying to say, Oh, it's, it's, you know, objectively the best. It's just the stigma was in my mind that that was the best medium. Mm, I, I would, I would agree. It just seems to be, and I guess that probably, comes from the old masters and their use of it so. and you know yeah, yeah, that sort sure. of so you know, and i think like you, even now like if, if you go to a gallery i mean just like what you're what you're faced with in, in contemporary like mm. realism what i was interested in it's, it's predominantly oil paint right it's just that's what it's yep. made in so um yeah. but yeah but just just to say you know i get that question all the time like or, or that comment all the time where People are saying, you know, oh, I really like to do it, but I just don't, I don't know how, or like there's rules that I don't know, or, or you know, I'm afraid. Um, it's, it, from somebody who came from a place where I literally didn't know what I was doing when I started, you know, there's <laughs> nothing to, to worry about beyond any other medium. Um, yeah. I think, you know, price is maybe the only thing that should ever stop you from, <laughs> from trying. <laughs> because there, people think there's like all these rules that you have to follow and like, you know, I, I get asked a lot, for instance, like what mediums I use, like, you know, what, what, uh, solvents or something like that, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always say to like, you know, if you're a beginner, you know, those are things that you don't even really need to think about necessarily. Like a lot of my painting is done just with the brushes and the paint straight out of the tube. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. extra in there. Um, yep. and it's not that different if you're painting with acrylics, you know, other than how long it takes to dry and like, I guess, cleaning the brushes and stuff like that afterwards. But, but the actual painting process is so similar. Yeah. Just putting the right color in the right place. Yeah. I wonder if part of the, I guess fear is probably too strong a word to use, but in some ways it does feel like people are scared to try oil paints. I wonder if part of it is because of the prestige. Like it is yeah, because maybe. it's wrapped up in these artists who, you know, produce such famous, important works. I wonder if part of it is like, well, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be that good an artist, so why would I even try that same medium? And I think maybe that's a bit of a shame. 
because I yeah. guess until you try, you don't really know what what you what you're going to be like with that particular medium. Yeah, definitely. You know, I actually have like a similar thing that I went through a lot with. Uh, like, I was so scared to like buy like really nice surface to paint on because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I'm probably going to ruin it. You know, it might not come out. So I'd always like, you know, go for the cheaper or even like smaller things, you know, just to, to keep the yeah. price down so I didn't feel as guilty if it, if it was a complete yeah. disaster. <laughs> then it, it also prevented me from like, you know, going really big where, you know, maybe it would have yeah. been so cool and the effect would have been great. And now, you know, I, I'm trying harder and harder to, you know, not have that mentality and just say, oh, you know, whatever, go for it. And, and you know, yeah. truth be told, like, it's been a while since I painted something that I thought this is a complete disaster. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I I think those those fears are, are so unfounded. And you're so right. Like, you know, you'll you'll never know what what you could be if you if you don't make that that jump that step. Mm. And I guess you can try it. And if you don't like it, well, that's fine. You haven't you know you haven't lost anything other than a little bit of time and a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's one thing that I say. Like, uh, you know, the the worst thing that you can do as an artist is like let your mistakes discourage you right like your mistakes should be inspiring things your mistakes should be inspiring things um, yeah and that's kind of i think you know when i started and i was doing it privately and i didn't share it with anybody i think that was a really good thing for me actually because it kind of seeded in me this this idea that you know the final product was never really that important like mm-hmm. you know it's not like i was going to display it or show it to anybody really so the most important thing was like the time that i spent painting it like the process that i went through um and I think, you know, that's, that's something that I try and share with, with other people who, who ask me, like students and stuff, you know, what would you rather appreciate? The, the few seconds that you look at the final product or like the hours and hours and hours that you've spent actually making it? Um, mm. Yeah. So do you, do you teach art or is it music you teach? Uh, mostly music, mostly music. Yeah. I've tried a few things with, with art, but uh, I haven't really jumped into it yet. I have some plans, but uh, <laughs> it's a little bit, uh, I don't know. You know, it's harder for me because even though like people think that, or people ask me for, you know, classes or whatever, or, or lessons, it's just that I have lit- literally no professional experience with it, it, it academically <laughs> speaking. Yep, yep. That I feel, I feel almost guilty telling somebody this is what you should do, you know? <laughs> Whereas in music, I, I've spent so many years in, in academia where it's like, you know, I feel really confident telling people, you know, what the right answers are. Yeah, um, of course. You know, so I don't know. It's, it's been a little bit more tricky for me to have the confidence with, with painting to do that. Maybe you need to reframe it and go, well, this is how it works for me or this is how yeah. I use this. And then you can try it the way I do it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like maybe that's. Kind of needs you need sure. to in your brain go okay sure I don't have that those years yeah. of study well, but you've also had all the time learning it and used to doing right. it yourself like you know so you've still got that knowledge there to share yeah definitely it's, I think it's more like a you know a guilt thing like oh this is the way I do it but you know you're wasting your time asking me by the way when I, selling a painting is like the worst experience for me sometimes because. I still have like this guilt, like, oh, this person has to pay for this, this thing that, you know, I, I wish I could just give them, you know, like, is it, I still have these, like, uh, I struggle with value still with the yeah. work that I produce, even, even though people like it and they say that they want it, it's still something 
hard for me to get over. <laughs> it's a common thing. It's a common thing. And in yeah. fact, I I interviewed the wife of oh now I'm like I'm mind blanking on everything. Um, an artist who Drew Brophy was his is his name. He uses uh, Oscar markers for his art, and okay. his wife is Maria, yeah, Maria. It's coming to me now. His wife is Maria. Okay. So. When I finished interviewing him for the podcast, he's like, oh, hey, you might want to speak to my wife. I'm like, yep, sure. And he's because she focuses on making money as an artist and why it's okay to make money as an artist. Yeah, like all those things you're saying, that's what she she um, focuses on. And it was quite a fascinating right. chat because you're right. Like it's that thing where you think, oh, I don't want to, someone shouldn't have to pay for that. Like I'm not. <laughs> whether it's good enough or whether it's famous enough or right. whatever, insert whatever feeling into that. But she's like, but you spent time making it and if someone wants to pay for it, what's wrong with that? And also um, we've all got bills to pay and, you know, groceries to buy. And, right. and yeah, it was a really, inter- really interesting chat actually. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously like, you know, logically it makes sense but, <laughs> but there's just i don't know that there's still that barrier that you know i think it's uh it's what what do they call that um like trespasser syndrome or something like that where you, where you feel yeah. like you know just because you came about something in a really organic way separate from any you know institutionalized learning mm. gives you the feeling that you know maybe it's it's less valuable somehow e- even though yeah. I, I guess it's, it's it's actually the opposite right in art where like People are, they place value on like self-taught people. You know, like in Instagram, for instance, <laughs> you'll see people yeah. who, who put in their bio self-taught or, or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess maybe part of it is, is this mentality that I have with music where, you know, I, I went through this, this, you know, pretty grueling schooling process and, and uh, I, I just, from that, I put a lot of value into that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. But, you know, you've also got all that that experience and, you know, I think it's worth it. I think definitely, you know. Yeah, sure. So I'm curious to know how you came to sort of your style of, of artwork because is, is it contemporary realism? Like is that how you would describe and we will have links to you and everything so listeners can actually have a look at it's that's the only downside to an audio only medium is in my mind I can see your paintings because of course I've you know done research and looked at your work and stuff and it's really hard to kind of get that how I want to get that in an audio form to people listening but like your style certainly when I of course when I think of it someone that does oil painting you do think of the 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 old and the masters and, and and their stuff but right it's not the only thing you can do with oil paint. And, in fact, I prefer the sort of artwork that you make to that, which is probably blasphemous to some people, but that's that's the nice thing about art, right, is we all have different oh. tastes and preferences and, I and think, whatnot. I think, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. So how did you come to be doing the kind of art you do? Like did you always know that was what you were going to want to create or was it a sort of process of osmosis and you stumbled into it or? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. I, recently I feel like I've been a bit of a chameleon with, in terms of style. Um, you know, obviously there's like, there's always an element of realism 
to what I do. And, yeah. and that's definitely how I started. And I think I, I, I make the assumption that most people start that way where, where there's this value placed on making something look the way that it looks in reality. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that was always my concern representing reality ex- as exactly as I possibly could. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think I, I never really got to like a, a very, um, you know, I, I never got to a very far level in terms of that. Like I never got to this like hyper realistic kind of state. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it's, if that's because I just couldn't or if I lost interest in it on, on the, along the way. But uh, yeah, there's, there's always that sort of element of representing reality and then sort of shifting it and changing it in, in, a, in a very odd way. So I guess the, the most common way to describe mine, I think, is, is surrealism probably. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of a lot of that, and and you know, contemporary realism is is also a great. I like that one because it's such an umbrella term. Like, you can yeah, grab a bunch of different different stuff. Um, yeah. How I got there—that's a good question. I, I I really don't know. There was, I guess, what kind of hit really hard originally was these these like really featureful portraits that I was doing with like lots of eyes and lots of noses yeah. and stuff like that. Different expressions yeah. kind of mixed together, and uh, you know, I, I I point to a painting that I did really 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 early on so a painting that i did before i was sharing art which is uh i think i did it i want to say it was like five years ago six years ago or something like that mm-hmm. and uh it was a self-portrait where i kind of like segmented my face it was the same like yeah. picture basically but i cut strips of it almost like i mean not literally but in terms of painting it yes. like strips of yeah. it all rearranged and, and and everywhere almost like a broken mirror kind of effect like yeah. And, uh, you know, of course it was a terrible painting. It was, I was horrible back then, but the idea was kind of already seated there. And I, I kind of left it though. I didn't really like pursue it that much further because, you know, I don't know. I just, I just moved on to trying to get more realistic. Um, but then actually during quarantine, I, I revisited that idea in a, just in a very different way, a lot more organic looking, um, less geometric and more like, hmm, I don't know. I mean, like losing a lot of edges, um, mm-hmm. just features coming out of nowhere almost. And, uh, I really like that. I thought that was a very cool effect and yeah, I just kind of strode with that and kept exploring that and going further and further and seeing what else I could do with it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the cool thing is whenever I sat, excuse me, whenever I sat down to start painting, I, I literally had no idea what I was going to paint before I started painting. Um, oh, okay. So it was always such a cool, like, you know, it was almost like improvisation. You know, I, I didn't know it was going to happen. And really the, the, just the process of painting kind of took me to the, to the subject matter. I, I'm thinking of, so I was browsing Instagram not that long ago and I was looking at your, cause you put these great little process video type things on Instagram for people to see, which I love them. I think it's such a great thing that we can do that because everyone can kind of see how you get to that end point instead of just seeing the end point looking fabulous. Like, you know, it's just fascinating. Well, I find it fascinating anyway. But the one I'm thinking of is um, it's it's the form of it's a horse, but you've got the the, red all red through it, like, well, it's, it looks the finished product looks like you've painted red over it, but I'm sure that's not precisely how it's done. But okay. there is something about that that is so unexpected that it just I really like it. Like there's just something about that's yeah. not what you 
think of when you think of a horse in a painting. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think I think it's that whole it's all so unexpected. Yeah, it's not yeah. the normal as such. And I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's a that's a, it's a great that's exactly what I love about any any kind of stylistic thing they do, where it's like, you know, th- there's some element of realism, but subverting the expectation of, of what it is that, yeah. that's actually there in reality is, is, is that's what I kind of go for a lot. And uh, yeah. that that style is the thing. Yeah, that was like a different. So that was like the next, <laughs> the next phase, I guess, that I went through. So there was that this feature fold portrait thing that I went through, and I kind of stuck around in that for a while, and then I really got interested in, uh, you know, it's, Instagram almost made me pushed me in that direction, I think, because I was looking at all, you know, the feed that I had and I was seeing all the paintings next to each other. And I was like, man, this looks very grayish, you know, like everything is kind yeah. of, you know, the same color and it's not very poppy, you know, there's nothing that's like grabbing me color wise. And, uh, I, it kind of pushed me a little bit to kind of do just, you know, pick one color and do like a monochromatic thing. That's just really, really stark, you know, almost yeah. to like up this sort of grayness that I had going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the red came from just what, what happened to be on my palette. Like the two oh, reds really? that I, yeah, the, the two reds that I had on my palette, I just found like, Oh wow, these, you know, they work so well together and they, the, the effect that you get in the end is like so vivid and so like powerful. It's almost like holographic yeah. is the way I describe it. Like the photos don't look that great, but <laughs> when you see it in person, it's got the real vibrancy to it. That's so cool. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I think yeah. it's interesting you say that it wasn't planned because to me I thought, well, surely the red, surely you made the decision before you started. So that's fascinating to learn that it just organically happened. Like it's just like it's one of those things about art that is just so amazing is like, you know, it should be planned, right? You know, you look at, right. it at the end result, like, well, of course he planned it that way. But to learn that he yeah. didn't, you didn't, it's just like, okay, that's even crazier that it works so well. Yeah, you know, I don't know what uh, – I'd have to actually go back and investigate what the first time that I did that was, like the, mm-hmm. the sort of very, very red paintings. Um, but I, I definitely never had this idea, oh, let me paint red. Um, yeah. It was just, you know, it happened to be that way. But, man, now I'm actually really curious what it was that I <laughs> – what that first yeah. painting was. <laughs> we might need to record a postscript to this. You'll, you'll come back and say, hey, Kim, just letting you know, I realize this is what's happened. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I would love to do that. You know, that's a, that's a great thing. Plan for a second episode already just because you know, or I know, like once I get through, I'm going to be like, oh, there's so many things that I should have said or that I said that were, that were completely wrong or stupid. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It's like, yeah, no, oh, I could have, yeah, we'll revisit in six months and, and look, that's the, that is one of the great things about art and it's why I ask people at the start who they are because your answers change. You know, mm. your art changes, it grows, it improves, it heads off in another direction and mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those great things about art is it is so fluid and, yeah, yeah it, it changes. That's, that's something that I actually unconsciously always I'm thinking about, which which is probably not a good thing, like, and that might be like a social media influence where, you know, I, I've like, for instance, when I was painting those, I got really into painting portraits with these different colors. And I was like, man, you know, I've yeah. done a lot of them. Maybe yeah. I should like move on. <laughs> and, like, you, start, you start to like think like, oh, I got to find the next thing, you know? And like, I almost feel like you actively searching for it is prohibiting you from finding it in a way almost. Like, yep. 
because because previously yeah. like every, everything that i did was very much you know very spontaneous very out of nowhere that, that it just happened yeah. and, and now yeah. i'm finding myself i'm kind of you know i'm being too uh um i don't know planning too much you know like thinking about oh i should do i should do this style or i should i should you know hit this angle really hard or something like that it's, it's very very different now and I, i'm mm. wondering actually you know i took a break from instagram like a couple of weeks ago where I, where I literally deactivated the account and mm-hmm. I wasn't like looking at it or even thinking about posting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was a great reset period for me. Uh, yeah. And painting without posting is so great. <laughs> it's so yeah. different because you get so used to it. Like just every, every painting has to be posted, you know, you kind of get into that mode and uh, yeah. it was just so nice to paint just for me, you know, again. Yep. Yep. I think it's definitely one of the downsides to social media is yeah, that pressure yeah. you feel to keep producing or keep, or more to the point, pleasing people right. as opposed yeah, to yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, and it, it influences your it, no question. It influences your direction. Like mm. you know, you see, you see what's popular, and you know that invades your mind a little bit. Whereas yeah. before, you know, when I wasn't sharing with anybody, I had no metric of what was you know interesting to anybody else. It was just purely what was interesting to me which i don't know it's interesting it's, it's a it's a different it is, very yeah. different perspective yeah definitely so what what is your what do you enjoy subject wise what do you enjoy painting the most like if we put aside what the masses like you you know what they like more often or whatnot like what is your favorite thing to paint or does that change anyway oh yeah i think it changes a lot um yeah like I don't know. I, I I think I have a I do have an answer to that though. I think portraits are definitely, you know, that's my. I, I love painting portraits. Just so mm-hmm. interesting to me. <laughs> you know, I, I always find it so fascinating. The uh, just like how subtle you can be with the lines of the face, like the the shape of the face, and how different that that makes expression come across. You know how how. I, I always find the physicality of, of expression so interesting, like how we interpret, you know, someone's physicality. Um, but yeah, it really changes. You know, I love, I love painting little uh, still lifes, like single, single items. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something so satisfying about that. Um, yeah, I got, I really got into painting animals for a little while there. Just anything, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, painting anything is the same as painting anything else. It's just, you know, colors, colors in the right place. Nothing, you know, I don't really have to think about, oh, I'm painting an eye or I'm painting a nose. It's just, you know, figuring out where the values are and that's it. Um, actually that's, that's like advice that I usually give beginners because I think, you know, people who are just starting out, they, they have this reliance on what they know about an object in order to paint it. So like, Mm -hmm. we know that an eye is like an ellipse or something like that. And it forces them into this sort of mold and, and it, ends up not being so so accurate then um like there's there's a way that they could be more accurate and that's by forgetting that they know it's an eye and painting it as though like they're, they're an alien and that's the first time that they've ever seen an eye um mm-hmm. you always get better results that way i feel um yeah so that's kind of how i approach everything and it, that, that that makes everything enjoyable to paint i think well i'm horrible at landscapes i'll say that <laughs> that's well that's all right you're allowed to know your weaknesses that's good <laughs> You know, I, I got to do it. I, I, I haven't done it in like a million years, but I remember 
you know, doing a few and I was just like, Oh my God, I'm so horrible at this. <laughs> and I remember when I was a kid, actually that, you know, that may have been my first painting was, uh, and maybe that was a, a sort of a, an early influence that I, that I just, that I consciously don't really think about. I, I do remember following a Bob Ross tutorial when I was in school, like, like middle school. Um, mm-hmm. and that was like my main thing, like doing, doing these like, you know, ridiculous <laughs> landscapes that, that were, I'm sure they were horrible. I can't even remember them, but I'm sure they were awful. Uh, yeah. Since then I haven't, I haven't really tried that much. I don't know. Yeah. Something I, I should explore. Maybe that's the next big thing. Well, I was just about to say, maybe, maybe that's where you're going to head next. Who knows? <laughs> so what is it? What is a typical day in the studio like for you, or is there even such a thing? Um, yeah, oh, for sure. I, I I feel like I'm pretty regular now, actually. Um, so during the day, I like teach predominantly, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't start painting until like maybe like around this time, like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Something. Um, you know, maybe eight. But that would that would be like the earliest that I'd start painting, and then I paint until I I finish the painting usually. <laughs> so sometimes. Oh it's wow. Like, well, sometimes it's only like an hour or two hours, uh, but then other times it'll be, you know, I'll be up until 8 a.m. or something like that. Um, you know, that that's the beauty of like my teaching job is that, you know, I set my schedule most of the time, so, so I don't really oh, have nice. to worry about, about waking up or anything. Um, Good. But, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I have this horrible impatience about me. I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, you know, I should say in, in normal life, I'm pretty patient. I'm a really patient guy. but. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to art, I just, I want to finish it. You know, I, I have this just desire, like I can't leave it unfinished. You know, it's, it's really hard for me. Um, yeah. And I've tried doing, I have, I have done it before. You know, I've done like, like, for instance, if I do like a really big, big giant realistic portrait, that's, you know, got to look like the person that, that I'm painting, you know, mm-hmm. I'll spend a lot more time with that and I'll do layers and stuff, but uh, it's just so much less enjoyable for me than, <laughs> you know, being able to start something and get to the end of it in, in one city. Yeah. So what's the largest size you've worked to? Um, boy. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I've certainly painted like, yeah, this reminds me of, okay, so when I was in, in uh, music school, I studied composition, like writing music. And whenever you enter as like a freshman in the composition department, Mm-hmm. you're writing, you know, the biggest symphonies that you can imagine. You're writing like, you know, two hour operas and stuff like that. Like you have this idea of like these huge grandiose things. And uh, of course, you know, your material is probably awful um, just uh-huh. because you don't have experience around it. And that's kind of how I, <laughs> I'm thinking about this question because I do remember when I was very young starting out, um, well, not very young, but like, let's say, you know, the, the first first year that I was restarting my, my whole painting thing, you know, buying mm-hmm. a gigantic canvas <laughs> and painting yeah. on it, but I'm sure it was terrible. So it's hard for me to count that, but you know, that was probably like, <laughs> I don't know, four feet or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think of the more recent paintings, um, I want to say like about maybe, maybe about that same size, like three, three or four feet would be like the largest side of, yeah. of one of the paintings. Do you have but a preferred? Sorry, I was just going to say. You it sounds like you were about to answer. What's your preferred size to work with? Yeah, yeah. Typically, I work smaller. Like you know, mm-hmm. eight by ten is probably like the most common that I do. Yeah. Inches. Um, yeah. 
and I, I find that fun. You know, it's it's great for a portrait. You know, you can get like slightly less than than life size. Um, yeah, but recently I've been going a little bit bigger, and and I I find that you know really really great. It's so much easier actually. <laughs> like painting small is is very difficult. I feel sometimes um, just because you have to kind of. Um, I don't know. Just working in the details is so much different on, on a smaller scale. Um, mm. And when I was painting larger, I was like, "Oh man, I have all this space, and it's so easy to get to get everything in there in the right place." Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm pushing more towards towards larger sizes right now. Yeah. So, do you have because, of course, we're called the Art Supply Posse. We love the art supplies and and talking about them. And you know, yeah. do you have do you have a preferred brand? Or you know, you know, for your oil paints, or do you sort of, you know, prefer prefer one thing over another, or do you use a variety of things? Like, sort of, what's that? The supplies, the materials, process, kind of like for you? Yeah. Oh man, this is like my favorite thing too. I love talking about supplies. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have favorites, and I've tried a lot. Um, you know, of course, when I when I was first starting out, I was buying like the cheapest stuff that I could possibly buy. Um, mm hmm. Which, uh, which in the U S is, or I guess where I live is just like the store. So like whatever the, whatever the art store is here, it's an art store called Blick. Uh, yep, yep. their priority brand is, uh, you know, that was the cheapest that was available to me. Mm -hmm. uh, that's definitely how I started. And, uh, you know, then I kind of moved around and I tried a bunch of different things and really I settled on this brand probably like, I want to say it was like three years or something into, into my painting. And the reason that I like it is because it's so thick. It's like really, really, really stiff paint. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as opposed to other brands, they're, they're a lot more looser and they have a lot more oil in them. Um, but I like this one because it just, you know, it feels like it's almost like cutting butter off, you know, it's like really, really, really thick. Um, and it's yeah. like old Holland is the oil paint brand. Okay. Um, yeah. But I use others too, you know, really, really depends. And, you know, sometimes it depends on the color too. Like I'll like a certain color in one brand than the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I really don't have like, there's no dependence I have on, on a particular brand, but uh, yeah, the, the old Holland is just the brand that I find that my basic palette I always get in that, in that brand. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you tend to use, and I know you kind of, you did say that you looked through your feed and saw that you had a lot of, you know, grays and sort of sure. wasn't popping kind of colors. So that's that's where the red came in. But do you have a color color that you you get you you use a lot more, or is it just all dependent on where you are at the time and what you're sort of creating? So, like a color that I that I have to buy more, or like that I like. Yeah, more? yeah. Like you find you just use it more. I assume because you like yeah. it more. That tends to be it. I mean, although yeah. of course not necessarily, but yeah. Um... Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Like I, I was, I was about to answer this, but I'm not sure that that's true. Like, so the red that I use is cadmium red light mm -hmm. and uh, I use a ton of it. I mean, I make a lot of these red paintings and, uh, you know, but it's, it's such a powerful color that you, yeah. you don't need to use as much of it as you would like another color. Like it's very, mm -hmm. it's very tinting. Um, yeah. so I'm not sure that, that that's true that I buy that so much more. I think probably, Maybe something like the blue, like ultramarine blue is, is one that I find that I, that I buy a lot, which, you know, is surprising maybe because I paint so many portraits, 
you think blue is not like very prominent yeah. color there. But I end up using that a lot. Now, you know, another reason is because I feel like ultramarine blue dries out a lot quicker on my palette than the other colors. Okay. Yeah, so right. A lot of it goes to more waste, you know, because I, I put big blobs on, on there. And it's really <laughs> um, And certainly white, you know, I guess white is like pretty commonly yeah. used one that gets replaced. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah if somebody asks me what my favorite paint is like right now i would say cadmium red light is probably my favorite mm -hmm. it's very 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 powerful and particularly the one from old holland is like very very vibrant yeah so what about brushes do you what yeah, what are your uh, favorite that's you know that's one that i never got into i never like oh i was always like you know what's cheap <laughs> for brushes <laughs> I think mostly because when I was beginning, I had no idea how to take care of them in terms of oil yeah. painting. So they would ruin yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, now I've got a pretty good system going. But uh, I, so right now I use just Utrecht, which is like a brand offered through Blick. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty, they're great. They're, they're, you know, actually they're not super cheap compared to the other, to the other brushes out there. But uh, yeah, they're really good, really consistent. And I kind of like, the uh, I use like a synthetic blend that they have, and I used mm -hmm. to only use like really sort of rough bristle brushes, and it was kind of like a huge change for me to just go to these softer synthetic brushes, and I really really like those now. Um, I, I think Manglorn, if I remember, I think that's the that's the uh, specific brush that I use. Yeah, yeah, um, and then also uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Isabe. Um, mm -hmm. I use their uh, sable brushes for like finer yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you sort of briefly touched a little bit on like, what would you say to someone who's like, all right, I've listened to this episode. I really like what Andrew had to say. I'm going to go and buy some oil paints. I might not buy the cheapest. I might not buy the dearest. I'll buy some middle of the road ones. I'll get myself some services to work on. What would you suggest to them? Like, tips or sort of you know little tricks that maybe they might need to know that might help them out yeah for sure um you know one of the things that i always say for like i guess it depends on like what they're planning to do like if yeah. if they have like this aspiration for like a single session mm -hmm. sorry maybe i should wait for this <laughs> they're coming for me i gotta go no it's <laughs> If, if they're like planning for like a, for like a single session, then maybe I would give different advice. But for somebody who's like planning to kind of really start, they have like a commitment to, to get better and to like really improve themselves. I would say mm -hmm. if at all possible, you can have everything set up for you all the time. That's the mm -hmm. best way to go. And that was one of the biggest changes for me. Um, because mm -hmm. when I was starting out, I was putting everything up. Then I was breaking it all down when I was finished with the painting, cleaning everything, you know, and then the very next night I would have to set everything up again, you know, go through the whole process again. And yeah. I found that that was such a deterrence for, <laughs> for me, you know, yeah. not, not only was it a time waster, but it was like, I don't know, something about doing that was just prohibitive in a way. Um, so if, if, if you can have like your palette ready to go all the time, oh, it's such a, such a difference. Um, I think, and, and I think it really helps with like consistency. Uh, well, I think so too, if you, yeah. if you're having to pack up it, 
at the end and, and, you know, sit everything out and pack up at the end of each session, it kind of would be a bit more like a chore. Like yeah. you would remember that more than the art itself. Like I know for myself personally, like I've just recently started playing, oh, starting using oil pastels. And okay. the, one of the things that I love the most about them is I just have to open the box and get started. I don't right. have to do anything. I don't have to get water and paint. You know what I mean? Like it's just I open the page, I open the box of pastels, and I go. And for me, I like that. I like that sort of instant gratification. So I'm thinking if you've got to set up and pack up every time you want to do something with your oil paints, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, it's horrible. And and because, you know, oil paint is like, I mean, the cleaning process is not simple, right? It's not like, uh, (laughs) well, I mean, it's nothing horrible, but it's definitely, you know, a couple more extra steps than what you yeah. have to go through with, uh, with like acrylics or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that's a huge thing. That's why I envy digital artists so much. Like <laughs> I wish I was good at it. Or I wish I had like the commitment to, to get good at it because just being able to like open up and, and like go right away is uh-huh. so cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I don't know that that's, that's a big thing for me. Then also, you know, kind of what I was saying before where like, you know, there's a great quote. I, I don't know who came up with this quote. I'm going to say it was me. No, I don't think it is. But okay. it's, a, it's something that I think about a lot where, where like, uh, you know, let, let what you know, don't let what you know inform what you see, you know, like, mm-hmm. like don't, don't rely on your, on your memory of something um, to, to figure out what's in front of you, if that makes sense. So like, you know, it, when you look at a face, it's, it's really great with portraits. Like it, when you look at a face, it's so tempting, like I said, to kind of just pick out the, the features like the main features of the face and then start from there. And you think, you know, in terms of what an eye is and you think in terms of what a nose is and it ends up blinding you to a lot of what's actually there. Um, so if you can kind of, you know, there's that sort of squinting method that I guess people use a lot where, where if you squint, you know, you lose a lot of the details and you can't really make out exactly what it is necessarily. And you're kind of just putting down blobs of, you know, this is darker than this, this is lighter than this. So just really thinking in terms of values. Um, and one of the greatest, exercises that i ever did for you know kind of developing that that sensibility is pick like a a very complex landscape like maybe go into like a forest kind of scenario where there's just trees and foliage everywhere and just paint it in black and white Mm -hmm. um it's so so interesting because it's so complex it's so difficult you know and not 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 trying to be like this like perfect you know hyper realistic representation of it um like maybe set yourself up for like an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just amazing how like, you know, simplifying it into lights and darks is, is so, so helpful for, for everything. Um, mm. yeah, that, that's definitely another big one for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, there's a million no, different I, things to say, I guess. But. <laughs> well, look, maybe, maybe you do need to start teaching because if, you know, if you've got that much to share, then I think definitely if you start, <laughs> you've got to be teaching. <laughs> No, I, I, I have lessons with myself, I think, I think is what it is. Because I'm so used to like getting into teacher mode, like from, from teaching music that I think about it the same way in, in art a lot too. Well, I guess they do have crossovers, right? Like, I mean, yeah. music is art at the end of the day. Um, yeah. It's just a different form. It's in that audio as opposed to visual, but they're still, that's still art. Yeah, it's very similar, very similar. Um, there's, there's one like... One big separation, which is difficult to, to reconcile, though, like 
and it's all it, it makes me really fascinated about musicians because uh it's just such a bizarre mindset really um because most of them and of course not all of them but like if i if i think back to the conservatory like the vast majority of the musicians there are working you know sometimes practicing six seven hours a day mm-hmm. working on pieces that have been played for hundreds of years by like millions of other people you know it's just so bizarre <laughs> and they're they're trying to perfect it in in a very you know precise and particular way that you know ends up sounding a lot like other people it's very it's very very bizarre when, when you sort of step back and think about it especially in terms of of art where like you know the, the that kind of uh perfection is like almost never like sought after right nobody's looking to perfectly copy somebody else really they're all kind of looking to you know make their own thing heard um so that's definitely like a separation for, from most, from most of, uh, well, if you just think about like the basic musician, the, the standard musician versus, versus an artist, but there's yeah, definitely true. some really parallels. Yeah. And I think the other difference too is a lot of musicians, you know, they like the attention that they get for being a musician. Yeah. They're like they're performing in front of crowds and stuff. Whereas sure. artists tend to not very often do that unless they're working plain air and, you know, that's a whole different thing, but most of the time you make art as a solitary theme. Right, um, yes. Whereas musicians tend to usually be with other people, other musicians, and then in front of crowds performing. So right. I guess that's the, the other difference too, I suppose. Right, yeah, the performance aspect, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, there. It's inter- I t- tell, myself, tell, tell my students this a lot too where, you know, and I, I grab that a lot from from art where, you know, valuing that product like you know because i mean like if i think about a student they work like so many hours months and months of practice for like two minutes on the stage you know i'm thinking you know and and i see that they're struggling and they have like a difficult time in their practice like you know not not in terms of like you know how how easy it is for them to play but how how much uh how easy it is for them to focus or, or for, for to enjoy yeah. their time they're doing it i think man isn't it so sad that they spent months hours hundreds of hours practicing and the gratification for them are these two minutes and they've wasted these you know hundreds of hours toiling away you know <laughs> so i think yeah. you know it's so important to find the value in, in the process of doing it um and yes. trying you know not not get so worried about what the what the product is going to be you know like really make sure that you're putting the focus on on the actual process of doing it and, and then you know it also helps motivate you further, right? Because if you're not enjoying the, the time that you spend actually doing the thing, well, it's going to be difficult to then do it again in the future. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's the same thing with, with, with art, right? Like yep. don't get too attached to like the painting that you're making. And if it's a complete disaster, you know, that's okay because you enjoyed all that time you spent making it. Yeah. And hopefully you've learned if you do create that thing that you don't like, hopefully you learn or you, you see why you don't like it. It may not be that it doesn't look right. It may be the colours didn't work how you thought they would or or whatever. Like, And I think there's as much importance in, in those mistakes as creating the things that you do love. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know I certainly learn a lot when I get something wrong. Like I'm like, oh, oh that didn't work, but I know why it didn't work or, or, or why it didn't work for me because, of course, my mistake might not be your mistake and vice versa. Like, you know. You might make a mistake, and if I did the exact same thing, I might love the outcome. Like, I think that's the other thing too. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I always think it's funny, like when, when, uh, cause there are these artists who say like, you know, oh, I'm like, if they're, if they're sending their painting out to, or they sold a painting, let's say they're like, oh, I'm, I'm so sad to, to lose my baby. And they like, think about their paintings as like these precious things that they've created. And yeah. I've, I've always thought of my paintings as like, you know, monuments to my failures. Really, <laughs> It's hard for me to like, look at a painting of mine and, and not think, ah, you know, I could have done that better. Or like this little thing needs to be changed or, you know, yeah. that, that's what's so uh, anxiety inducing about, uh, about Instagram is like, it's this mausoleum of like, you know, all the things <laughs> that you've done wrong in the past, in the past. And it's like there to remind you of, of all these mistakes that you've made. Yeah. Or, or it's a display, it's a mausoleum of what you're learning and well, of course. you're improving and yeah. Hard, hard for me to, yeah, hard for me to look at it that way. Yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. of course. Oh, look, I know, I know. Don't worry. I'm exactly the same about my own stuff. I, I can talk to talk to everybody else and then I look at my own things. I'm like, oh. But I think <laughs> I think that's something we just hold in common, I think, as artists. <laughs> sure, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else, Andrew, you want to talk about before we end here or are you kind of happy with everything we've covered so far? How are you feeling? Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head. Yeah. No, I think I think we've it's been a nice comprehensive chat about about all sorts of things. Um, yeah. I, thank you so much for your time again. I really appreciate it. No, not at all. I, my pleasure. I'm curious to know where's the best place for people to find you. I, uh, my Instagram is probably the easiest thing, um, mm-hmm. which is just my name. And uh, yeah. I mean, I have a website, and there's a shop there that. I update like every century. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually do have a YouTube channel that I was like really gung ho about in the beginning. And then I got completely unmotivated <laughs> from it. And it's been a complete graveyard for like the past couple of years. Yeah, but, but I do plan to like put some more effort into that in the future. Yeah. Maybe, maybe along with your teaching, you could do that too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe that's where my yeah. teaching will be. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, lots of people do it. Why not? Yeah. Well, thank you, Andrew. I really do appreciate it. That was a great chat. I quite enjoyed that. Me too. Um, no, no problem. Anytime.